Six years ago, Ellis Hammond's entire mission changed. He was a full-time college pastor with vision and passion, but broke. Now a full-time real estate entrepreneur, Ellis is the founder of Kingdom Real Estate Investors, the number one community for faith-driven leaders impacting the world through real estate investing. If you're a kingdom-minded real estate investor or entrepreneur seeking to advance God's kingdom outside the church walls, welcome to the Kingdom REI podcast, where Ellis interviews Christian entrepreneurs and investors focused on advancing God's kingdom through real estate investing. Enjoy the show. Guys, we have Marcus Pittman on the show. Uh, Marcus, you didn't know this, but I already started the episode, and I just—I I love that we're jumping into this. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm so excited for this episode, man! Like you're a storyteller, you're helping other storytellers get their message out into the world, especially Christian-based storytellers, uh, and really giving you know power, I guess, back to really. Uh, kingdom-minded folks who want to tell their stories and, uh, and apart from Hollywood, which I love that, man. So, uh, guys, if you don't know, if you haven't heard of Marcus, he is, serves as the founder now and CEO of Lore. It's L-O-O-R dot TV, a streaming platform with a plan to disrupt Hollywood and give filmmakers and subscribers freedom, unlike anything the industry has ever seen. So today we're going to be talking about the power of story, uh, especially if you're a real estate investor. I mean, guys, We've talked about story so much on the show. You know how powerful this is. Well, here's a guy who's really uh, giving other storytellers the ability to to tell that in a huge way. Um, he's also a crowdfunder, a guy who's raising money. I think there's a way, a lot we can learn from you, man. You're, I mean, you're a marketer at heart. Like what you're doing with Lord TV, like that's marketing. So I'm actually excited to learn. You know what ways you're. I mean, how much money did you raise on a crowdfunding platform? Yeah. When you well, launched Lord, we did, we haven't done crowdfunding investment. Well, you were raising money on on. I, th- I saw that on your Instagram where you were raising you were you were bringing funds in that way, right? What was that? Uh, so we the way we we started, man. We just start with this shirt that says "Christian movies shouldn't suck." <laughs> Amen. We just, we just had that tagline, and we said, "Look, we're going to build a streaming platform, and it's going to be focused on the non cheesy, pure flick sort of family friendly." content that we normally see and we're going to make actual stories uh that are told by christians conservatives along those lines right and so we started with that we raised five hundred thousand from seed investors yeah yeah so you raised money at that point yeah 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 i mean all, all everything is crowdfunding yeah right like you know mcdonald's is crowdfunded right so that's how they can get their bulk orders of meat to you um and all their potatoes right so it's all every every business is crowdfunded at some level We've been very open through this process because when we started, I, I didn't know anybody that had any money to invest in anything, <laughs> you know? And so we just started talking openly about it and they came to us and we were able to raise our 500,000. We raised that pretty quickly. Um, and then from there, we spent the last- though, Hold on. So how do you, what do you mean? You don't know anybody you raised 500 grand, dude. There's a lot of people who are thinking like, what do you mean you didn't know anybody? You clearly had to know somebody or you had to know some where to go. I had, one, I had one contact that got us the first investment that I knew, but everybody else I didn't. And and it was actually, we ran a, we ran ads on Gab that just said, because Gab was the only place that would let us run the ads. What's but Gab? It said, Gab? Yeah. Gab what is, is a, like a an alt social media platform run by Andrew Torba, gabgab.com. 
and so they opened up an advertising platform. Uh, and so we started running ads on Gab and the, the ad just said no more gay movies. And uh, because of that, we were able to rate, we, we got investors contacts on our website. We were able to talk to them and vet them. And no way. Uh, yeah. And so we did basically 50,000 minimum and got six investors in uh, relatively quickly, spent the last year and a half uh, basically building out the technology platform, the beta side, and we've signed 25 to 30, well, no, we're near 30 now, 30 uh, movies and TV shows to be funded on the platform. So, amazing. Amazing, Marcus. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing because uh, they told us that we need $100 million to be able to build this thing out and we're proving them wrong. Who's them? It was people that have just been in the streaming industry. Yeah. Yeah, they said this is how the much. Them it. always are wrong, by the way. Like, yeah, the them the are them, always right? wrong. That's absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the Kingdom Warrior Podcast show. Uh, this is not how we, how we traditionally start, but we're already in this show, so we're going to keep it going. And because uh, I find this so fun and fascinating, is hearing someone who's in a totally different industry doing something very similar to what a lot of the folks in our community are doing, which is which is competing with a very large them, like the industry of institutional capital, mm -hmm. um, the hedge funds, the black, you know, those those type of groups. Yeah and finding a way to tell a different narrative to attract investors to fund their projects so that they can run their businesses their portfolios their investments from uh with christian values and ethics and and principles and so uh really we're doing we're, we're fighting the same battle marcus right just in different industries which i love that man but so i'm curious before we get into maybe some of the things that you're clients are working on like how did you let's talk about the story you were telling and how you as a marketer kind of crafted something that was just different that attracted those initial investors and even the folks that you're working with today like let's let's start there say the question one more time yeah like you had to tell a story first before you could allow other people to tell a story Right. right. Like even that first ad, that's pretty, that attracted a certain audience, right? Like <laughs> right, that's, uh, that's right. not going to go over well in most circles. Right. So let's talk about like, even how men you think about telling a story and defining an avatar and, and raising that initial money and, and even, you know, how that might help our audience who's trying to do the same thing. You know, I, I, I started, the only thing I've ever done in Christian media has been like controversial content. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. would would not have been accepted by, you know, the pure flix crowd or the family friendly sort like uh, the first the two, I did two documentaries. Uh, one was called Babies Are Murdered Here on Abortion. The other documentary I did was called Babies Are Still Murdered Here. Um, and, you know, that babies are still murdered here. We put on Amazon Prime and then it got deleted and removed. And so wow. I said, OK, well, we have to solve this problem of storytellers not being able to have anywhere for their stories to be seen. Right. And. And also uh, Amazon was paying like no money, no money for it. So it was like, we were getting like a nickel for every thousand views or something ridiculous like that. So it wasn't a way, wasn't a real possibility to make a living through Amazon Prime. It might give you some sort of passive income, but not a lot. Um, and so when they deleted it, I said, okay, so we have a, a massive funding problem and we have a massive distribution problem when it comes to funding content that we want to see that a lot of people want to see, but the, you know, the gatekeepers don't want those stories to be told. 
And so, you know, I just use that, like, that's the story is, you know, I, I, my, my movie was canceled. And uh, when we did babies are murdered here, it's about these people who go out to abortion clinics with signs that said, you know, babies are murdered here. And uh, that was controversial, even in the pro-life community with, uh, you know, and by pro-life community, I mean, like the, the, the big lobbyists for the pro-life industry were not happy uh, with that and with the, that sort of messaging, they wanted it softer and, you know, and, and whatnot. And, and so, you know, we were told no one's going to watch a movie that's called that, you know, nobody's going to interested in seeing that. Um, and, and, and we, we just did it anyway. And it started a movement. I, I worked for, uh, I got hired by a pastor named Jeff Durbin and went to go work for a, a, uh, his church, Apology of Church. And we built Apologia Studios, pretty much on the abortion subject, you know, and we were the first to live stream uh, with professional camera gears uh, outside of abortion clinics. Uh, almost every other day, we were doing that. And so that was back when nobody was live streaming hardly anything at the point at that time. And so we started sort of making a name for ourselves by doing that. And um, yeah, so I've always been in this real fringe edgy christian content sort of stuff not talking about the happy positive k-love sort of mentality <laughs> and um but that's where you know that's where all the revolutions start right like hbo and uh mtv and you know they all started with this just mentality of let's just give the artists the freedom to do what they want and that's how those empires are built um and so when we started lore it was like let's how do we create a streaming platform where the artists are free to tell their stories they don't have to do you know diversity quotas they don't have to you know change their scripts to you know to meet the hollywood executives demands for content and stuff like that and they could just go right to the audience and so that that's really how laura was built I mean, well, clearly there's a demand and market for this. I mean, I look at, you know, that that the Chosen series, right, and what they've been able to accomplish based on that very similar narrative. Like, right. let's fund something, you know, and not be held to the demands of Hollywood because we want to tell the, our own stories, right? right? And I think there is a massive audience for this. And what I what I appreciate about what you're saying, and I, I've said this a lot in telling stories, is guys, if, you're, if your message doesn't, like, I think a good story, Marcus, I'd love to hear your input on this. It does two things. Like, it attracts the right audience, and it also repels the wrong audience. And I, I, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it has, like, for it to be strong, and, and it doesn't necessarily, like, and because here's what I mean. Like, if it doesn't repel, it can still be a good story, but it is not going to create this, like, unbelievable movement conviction from the people who accept it and if you don't believe me look at donald trump regardless of what you think about him or not the guy repels people and because he repels so many he also attracts and like has created a like a trump religion around this around this same principle and it's just true like if your story doesn't both attract and repel i don't think it's powerful enough right that's right i mean that's why you know you know chick-fil-a and hobby lobby have such dedicated audiences right like people are very passionate about chick-fil-a and they're willing to fight for chick-fil-a you know and uh same thing with hobby lobby it's the same it's the same you know they they went and they fought all the way up to the supreme court uh for contraceptive uh 
the right to not give contraceptive with Obamacare and stuff like that. And they won. And, um, and so, so that's created stronger um, loyalties to their brands. And so for us, we knew the hurdle that we had to get past is basically how PureFlix defined Christian media or conservative media either too. Right? Hey, I'm not so familiar with that term. You keep using it. PureFlix. Can yeah. you, can yeah, you yeah. define that? So, so PureFlix was, uh, well, is basically one of the largest Christian streaming movie platforms um, that started from basically the movie God's Not Dead. Um, and then from there, they made a lot of money on God's Not Dead and decided to invest into basically a streaming platform for Christian movies. Um, and in so doing, they, they, they all, all the movies were sort of watered down. They had a policy that, you know, like a five-year-old and a 95-year-old has to sit on the same couch at the same time and, you know, and watch the same movies um, together, which sort of just took any sort of realness to any story out because anything offensive was pretty much taken out so all the movies became this sort of you know positive and encouraging sort of hallmark sort of movie and also they were marketing towards the lifeway christian bookstore shopper which is 35 year old female and above right so there's no male content really um so 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 yeah so we decided that if we're going to get past basically the genre that they've built, which is they turned Christian movies into a genre instead of saying that Christians can make all movies. Um, and so if we were going to get past that, we had to basically find the audience that hated Christian movies as much as we did. And then, and then want to fight to make them better. And so that's sort of what we've done, but also too, you know, we've, we're trying to repel certain investors away too which is really important because if you look uh, at how the Marxists have kind of taken over every institution from media, television, movies to food, right? Like they own everything. Um, and so, uh, so that, that's sort of what we needed to do is we needed to get investors that are just uh, that want to make profit, of course, but also are uh, uh, seriously devoted to the mission of what we're trying to do in the long term in terms of building out a cultural institution and a, and a storytelling machine that can actually, you know, have an influence and is combative. Uh, in the same way, Netflix is combative in sort of the controversial stuff they tell that's against conservatives or against Christianity. Uh, we can be combative in the same way. Yeah, I love that. And clearly that was well thought out because you had to know who to say no to before mm -hmm. you begin to take on funds, which, you know, I think is really a key part of that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's really amazing, man. Um, Cameron, <laughs> sorry, we just got going, man. I know, hey, I know Cameron. you haven't even hey. uh, unmute. <laughs> what is your value proposition to investors? Why would people invest with you? Um, I, I would, I love that idea. I'm just curious, like when you're going out and raising all that money, what was your pitch? Yeah, so so the pitch is pretty simple. It's uh, it's we're create we're creating what it looks like when Netflix and Kickstarter have a baby, right? Like that's 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 pretty much what we're doing. We're 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 we're, we're you know you can go on Kickstarter now and you can fund a movie on Kickstarter no problem, but once that movie is made, you don't have a distribution or a place where people can see it. Um, and so what we're trying to do is take you know what worked for Kickstarter 
which is basically crowd investing or crowdfunding. Um, yeah, more crowdfunding than crowd investing. So Kickstarter, so, so take that, but also provide the platform in which people can watch it too. So there's sort of uh, the ability to have for the users to have a victory when a project is funded because they get to watch it. Um, and so like with so the series that we launched during our beta, those episodes of TV were already done. Um, and so as soon as an episode reached 100%, it streamed immediately for everybody that was on the platform, whether they funded it or not, right? So they're building this platform together. So the value prop is really, we want to create a system, uh, a storytelling machine that uh, decentralizes power from Hollywood executives in making the decisions for what the monthly subscribers watch. So that's that's really what we're trying to do is we're trying to decentralize the C-suite in Hollywood. By the way, guys, again, pulling out key nuggets about story here, what Marcus is doing too, he's creating a natural us versus them. And I hope you hear that. And that's another massive, powerful thing about a good story and a good brand is there's an us and a them. I mean, look at Apple back in the day. It was Apple versus Microsoft. You remember those commercials, right? Of like the old guy in the suit, right? And then like the young kind of trendy guy. There was an us and a them even there, right? So, and clearly this is what Marcus is doing. And well, so- like, Yeah, every good ad campaign is us versus them, right? So like Sega versus Nintendo in the 90s, you know, Sega had that famous ad that said Sega does what Nintendo don't, right? Like, that's a great ad, right? And then, you know, Chick-fil-A too, could you, with, you know, eat more chicken with a cow holding up signs, like that's us versus them. Like there's very clear distinctions in any good business that knows, you know, this is why we're not, you know, this is why Hobby Lobby is not Michael's, right? Like this is, this is why Chick-fil-A is not Burger King, right? Like, so the, like it's, it, it's very, it's simple to do. You know, even Disney has set that apart with their content, right? So they know Disney is for families and children. Um, they've always been that, and they're not, you know, R-rated movies, right? So uh, at least for the long time, they, they haven't been. And so, so, so yeah. So us versus them is really important, and but it also, I think, it protects you. <laughs> One of the best us versus them in our space, Ellis in real estate, is Grant Cardone. Like he ropes people's money in. In this idea is it's us against the black rocks all all the middle class little folks against black rock mm -hmm. and right. it just pinned himself as this guy is going to come and attack all these institutional giants with average ordinary people's money and you know he's bought a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah he's, he's doing it yeah i mean and i think a lot of folks have kind of been on that curtail too right of like uh, the same thing. I mean, it's it's how some of these massive crowdfunding platforms have been able to have success in uh, democratizing real estate, in a sense. Um, and so, no, I think it's I think it's really powerful. And I think the concept you're explaining, Marcus, is like I said, I was super excited for the show for this very reason because I knew how much we'd pull out of this. Do you see this going beyond Christianity, like, or is this just for kind of a Christian focused audience? No, we're we're a Christian brand, uh, but. Uh, we are definitely more than happy to have uh, non-Christian produced content. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to think more globally um, in terms of building this brand out. So what does that look like? And, you know, every streaming platform has rules for what can and can't be on the platform, right? That's how they define their brand and niche. And so, you know, for us, we just pretty much have no nudity, no blasphemy. 
um, are probably two of the main ones that we look to um, in terms of rules. But other than that, we, we just want a good story. And if we like the story, we'll put it up to the audience and see if they like it. And they like it, we can, we can get you the money to make it or uh, the, the money to pay the licensing and distribution fees for it. Let's move into your model of kind of raising capital now and what that looks like before you were kind of, you know, seed capital, you know, however you did, but what does that look like now and how do investors get involved and kind of what is the structure you're using for yeah. raising funds today? So, so we've, we, we've, we've long completed our seed round. And so now we just did our successful beta. Uh, basically what we wanted to do with the beta was to see would people be passionate about a project, a website uh, that they would continue to go back to week after week and fund projects if there wasn't a lot of content on the website, right? So that's sort of the question. Do people want thousands of hours of mediocre content or are they willing to pay per month for like 10 good ones? Um, and so that's sort of what we wanted to see and it worked incredibly well. Um, so we got all the data for that, all the user comments and reviews, and so we could prove the model out so technically. And then um, now we're doing a Series A round uh, at a $5 million. And yeah, so we're looking for accredited investors to come in and, and, and to sort of help us get this next round going. So this is where I get curious and sorry if I'm lagging no, no, a little bit. Um... God, I've had Wi-Fi problems all day. I'm so sorry. I know a guy, I'm friends with a guy kind of like you, real creative. You're very obviously smart, smart man. I would just like to know what is the end game for this streaming platform? Like what's the pinnacle of it? Is it continuously funding so that Christians can make movies that don't suck? Um uh no, no. The, the end game is to create a streaming platform that allows us to tell stories that are culturally impactful, um, much in the same way uh, Disney has done, right? Much in the same way uh, Netflix has done, right? And so think of this in, in terms of the best way to put it is uh, from, 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 I mean, because there's obviously the financial end game. We, we would love to be a billion dollar company have millions of monthly subscribers and funding content, you know, like crazy. Right. But there's also the, the, the more cultural uh, impact, which all storytelling studios have a desire to do, you know, make cultural impacts. Um, and so for us, that looks like being able to put out documentaries or be able to put out stories that basically influence uh, how people vote. Um, or and, and, and or how people decide their government should be run. Um, so a good example of that is how Hollywood does it. Uh, Hollywood, uh, it, Hollywood put out you know Ellen uh, back when she came out on her sitcom, and then they did Will and Grace, and then ten years later you have a Burgerfell passing gay marriage. So Hollywood is really good at understanding that in order to really change the culture and move you know, the, the government or to move politics, you have to have the hearts of the people and the minds and imaginations of the people. And that can't necessarily be done with talking head commentary like Fox News all the time, 24-7. Uh, at some point, you have to have just a good story that, that you know, makes you love your wife more or, or 
a good story that you and your children can sit around the table and or sit around the TV and, and watch and enjoy together and spend family time together and create those traditions together in a way that doesn't, uh, you know, offend, you know, the, the, the father doesn't have to like cut the TV off because he doesn't want his kids to watch the rest of the movie. Right. And so, so that's really the, the, the ultimate game. Um, the ultimate game is to really, to basically be propaganda for a conservative worldview and and liberals are really good at using they're the stories best. They're the to best. change laws right so a, a good example of this in terms of how terrible we are is we're, we're arguing about abortion or roe v wade right now right that's happening right and you'll see conservatives say oh well um you know what about rape and incest and then the conservative goes well rape is only like 0.05 percent of all abortions or it doesn't happen that often and then you know the liberals start sharing stories of women who are raped and you know, and, and how awful it was and how thankful they are, you know, so it's all this emotion versus all of our facts. But if you look at scripture in, in the Bible, every time we're given laws, like the 10 commandments, every time we're given laws, it's through a story, right? Moses goes up on the, on the, on the, on the mountain and there's the burning bush. And then he comes down the mountain and they're worshiping the golden calf. So he smashes the tablets and he goes back up again. And, gets another copy and then comes back down. Like that's the story. That's how we get the law, right? So even in, in scripture, we get law through story uh, first, stories first and then law. And, but conservatives are just terrible at that, man. And, and so, you know, that's why I think someone like Grant Cardone is doing such a great job in the, in the real estate market of sort of pushing that narrative, right? He's pushing stories. He's, he's telling stories. And, and with that comes money and influence. Uh, hey, well, marketing question. Where, where you said you you talked about Gab earlier. Where are you finding your audience of conservative Christians to really support this? Where are you looking? Where are you finding? Where are you showing up? Yeah, I a- mean, we're we're everywhere. So we're on Facebook and Twitter and uh, uh, so pretty much all social media. We're doing the alt tech platforms too. So um, you know, we're going to start a Truth Social account. We'll start a Gab account, like all that sort of stuff. We're just trying to go go everywhere. One of the big places we found our audiences have been going to you know there's a lot of christian film uh contests and stuff like that right so going to the conferences for christian films or conservative films or just trying to really get into the facebook groups that are about family friendly streaming and those sort of things and saying look we're offering you something different but we're also going after males uh men uh, have not been given good quality content that speaks to them like even you know daily wire who's putting a lot of money into content right now the past four movies they've done have had uh have had a uh a rambo style female action uh lead right and so it's like well where are the men (laughs) where are the men coming to fight and you know rescue uh, their wife and children like where is that and and so what we're trying to do is really create basically this this audience that attracts men and that want content like we say uh we're looking for men that don't want to see strange anyone naked but their wife um so so you know the no nudity content all that sort of stuff but also you know action packed is fine uh, you know, violence is fine. They tell good stories. And and so, you know, we have ways to do that. And so that's sort of the stuff that we're looking to open up and just the market just doesn't exist. Yeah. 
dude, this is fantastic, man. Like this is it opens up so many ideas. I think it's it's re, it's giving me more resolve on for both of our companies, both Symphony and King Marii, like be, defining more clear who the them is, what are the stories that we're we're consistently telling. Like I imagine, Marcus, you you know you you've you've told some pretty consistent stories. I've heard you talk about like your who you're talking you're talking to men a lot, so you're kind of using some of the same examples mm-hmm. um, because you've told this a lot, I'm sure, right? So like I think for me as a marker, like and I love this episode because anyone who's listening to this right now, like if you're trying to fund your deals, like you are a marketer, you are a storyteller, right? And if you're not telling these stories, someone else is, right? Like we've said Grant's name 10 times, which makes me mad today. Cause I'm like, why aren't they saying Cameron's name or Ellis's name? Because he's he's the one telling the stories like, and you could be telling the same stuff, but he's out there going and getting market share because he's just using a principle that Hollywood has been using for decades right and Mm -hmm. and is doing a really good job of shaping culture and telling a narrative and guys if you don't believe that that story is the way to grow your business man this has been a great episode for that uh marcus um i I would love to give you a chance man to just again uh point people in your direction and continue to uh be of support and uh, i love the mission and vision of what you're trying to grow man where is the best place to follow along and uh, yeah, if you, more about your platform. Yeah, if you go to lore.tv, you have all the information there, L-O-O-R.tv. And then for investing, if you're interested in investing, uh, you can. there's an investor tab. You can click on the investor tab, fill out the form, and then I'll get back with you. But right now we're doing our Series A round at $5 million, and uh, which is honestly, that's not a lot of money for the film industry. <laughs> right. So uh, the, the good thing about our platform is, you know, where Netflix is spending a billion dollars a month acquiring content, um, we share that risk with the filmmaker. So we don't have to front millions and millions of dollars to get the content made prior to people watching it. They can decide if they want to spend their money and get it made. And so uh, that's really helpful for us. And it's actually, I think, uh, a secret weapon, not so secret, but it's going to be a great weapon because we don't have to spend millions of dollars a month acquiring content. uh, Whereas the other, uh, like, like the other platforms. Yeah. The Vims. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Marcus, this has been so fun, man. I'm so pumped to meet. Where do you live? I'm in Northern Idaho. Okay. Do you like it up there? Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. So where I'm in Northern Idaho, our CTO and COO is in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah. And and we're just uh, kind of remote for now. And then, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Cool. As we raise. Yeah. Well, man, it's exciting to hear more about this uh, and, and, you know, get some exposure to your platform. I look forward to following along and seeing. I need to go check out the movies, guys. Let's go see what he's got on his platform. Lore.tv, L-O-O-R dot tv and mm-hmm. if you're interested in supporting this and being a part of this movement guys go check that out as well uh thanks again marcus yeah man thanks for having me all right